The Real Estate Sessions podcast is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising for real estate brilliantly simple. Promote your brands, promote your listings, learn more at adworks.com. That's A-D-W-E-R-X.com, adworks.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Risser of Chicago Title, Arizona. Today on episode 31, we have a very interesting guest. Carly Hill with Russ Lyons, Sotheby's in Scottsdale has been a realtor for a little over three years. But she's known as a rising star in the Valley, uh, dedicated to learning her craft. She brings a wealth of customer service skills honed around the world. You'll see what I mean. I can't wait to ask her about her travels and adventures. Uh, so welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, Carly. Thank you, Bill. Now, not many of us in Arizona were born here. Personally, I was born and raised in San Diego. Were you born and raised? Are you a native Arizonan? I am not a native Arizona. So where are you from? Southern California as well. Where about? Uh, Pasadena, California. Okay. So what brought you over to Arizona? What, what, how did that work out? Did you go to high school there the whole bit? I did go to high school there. I went to two years of uh, undergraduate college, and um, then I went to Europe for my first trip and realized that I needed a change uh, and be in a happier place because Southern California had a lot of crime and uh, I didn't want to be a part of that, so my sister and I flipped a coin. One was to go to San Diego, and one was to come to Arizona, and I won that coin toss um, twice. We had to do it twice. <laughs> Did you know someone here already? No, we didn't know anybody here. Wow, okay. And so the, the both of you move out here. You're 19, 20 years old? We were 21. And you moved to Arizona? Yes. So did you end up selling in Scottsdale, or was it someplace else? Selling what? S- I mean, settling in Scottsdale. Oh, settling. We, yeah. we started in Tempe. Okay. And that coming from California, this was 1995, we lived on the corner of rural and southern, and my parents, without Google Maps, my parents thought tumbleweeds, uh, you know, straight away. Right. You're in the middle of a college town. Absolutely. I mean, it was a perfect place to be, I mean, especially yeah. your age, so that's mm-hmm. great. So I do a lot of digging when I bring a guest in, and it was fascinating to see what you've done in your life. And I thought at a very young age, some of the things you've accomplished, the places you've been, in fact, you used the phrase... One of your passions is adding stamps to your passport. I love that. And you didn't just say that was a passion. You've done it. So let's talk about that. That First of all, what was your first trip abroad? How old were you? How did that even come about? Um, my first trip was to Paris, France, and it was with my sister and I. And, and we, she's your twin, right? Yeah, okay. I have a twin sister, uh, also sells real estate, and she lives in Maui, Hawaii. Okay. Uh, So the two of us went to Paris. Uh, We had tickets booked for a week, and we ended up staying uh, and traveling throughout Europe for another six months. Six months. So as a dad, you know, with a 22-year-old son, I can't even imagine. First of all, how did your parents handle that? They were... It's questionable, actually, (laughs) to this day because uh, they're, you know, we didn't phone home. Um, We didn't have internet back then. Um, I, I sound old. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, we just come a long way. So. But um, yeah, then just uh, my sister ended up staying actually a couple of months longer than I did. I ended up flying home uh, just in time for my mother's 40th birthday. Wow. And I just showed up on the front doorstep. So tr- let's trace your route through Europe 
from Paris. Where did how did that happen? We um, hopped on a bus. Uh, actually, um, we uh, hitchhiked on a bus uh, of a bunch of kids. Uh, I think they were soccer kids, and they had a um, game in Paris, and they were going to Brussels. And so we hopped on the bus with them, and that was free. That was fun. And then we um, we hitchhiked to Amsterdam and uh, stayed there for about a week, and then it started getting cold. So then we just looked at the USA Today, and uh, there was a picture of, of Europe, and the sun was shining in Greece. So we um, bought a one-way ticket on the uh, Europe Eurorail Pass and uh, took a train down to... Um, to Greece, actually, I think we went to Italy, and then we had to take a, a ferry over to okay. Greece. Yeah, and I remember my sister was sleeping in the above your head luggage racks because there was no places to sleep on the train. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to Greece, and and you're not you're not working. You're just you're just enjoying the play. You're just hanging out. We are just hanging out, chasing chasing uh, yeah chasing the sun. Wow, that's great. So then eventually you do come back. Right, you come back to Arizona eventually, back to home, and I know you spent a lot of time in the hospitality industry. Correct? I think did you uh, you worked at the Phoenician, right? How yes. Did, tell me about that. How did you get that job there? And so my sister got the job first at the Phoenician. That would have been in '96, and um, and then I just uh, followed suit, and we were there for almost five years. And every summer. Um, well, we worked at the pool every summer. The pool would die down because it's 120 degrees, right. and shifts would would uh, go go away. And so we just would save our money and and leave every summer, and kind of throw a dart at the uh, at the world map and and start traveling by backpack. Wow! So you that for four or five years you did that. You would go off. We did to that for places. ten years. Ten years every summer you were every out of summer. the desert. You mm-hmm. went somewhere. So let's and what did you do with Phoenician? I was the lead bartender at the pool. Okay. I, I asked that question because you're like the sixth or seventh person that's been on this podcast who is a bartender. And I think that there is a skill that translates from the hospitality industry, service industry that you are in. Do you see that kind of kind of transferring right over to what you do in real estate? Are you doing the same sort of things? Finding a common ground, connecting with people. Didn't you do that your whole career? I did. It's yeah. it's a it's a I don't want to say it's an easy transition, but I certainly I was heavily involved with the Starwood um, training manuals. So um, I am the one realtor that has systems in place uh, from the beginning, and um, I did write the training manual for Starwood Hotels. I was one of only four other um, participants to write that back in '97, I think. And I just used those skills as far as, you know, training and um, keeping it simple and consistent. I, I just use that in my real estate career, keeping it simple. We need more of that. We need more, we need more people in real estate doing that, I think. It's shocking. <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. So let's, so let's talk about this then. We can't go through all 10 summers, but, you know, I know a few of the places you ended up. And some of those places you were there for more than a summer. Is that possible? Like you ended up staying for a little bit longer? Yeah. Let's talk about Spain, for example. I'm sure you were on the coast in Spain, right? Yes. You grew up in Southern California. It sounds like you're looking for the sun and the water. Tell, mm-hmm. Talk about that trip. Uh, that was a fun trip. Um, we, uh, we've been to Spain many times after that trip. But the first trip we took, um, I remember we paid a dollar um, to stay at a hostel 
um, in Valencia, and uh, it was right on the beach. It was about six stories tall, and it was four bunk beds in each room, and uh, you just had to pay a buck to stay there. I mean, it was crazy, and this is before the euro, so right, and the right. U.S. dollar was strong then, and and so uh, yeah, he just and you're staying right there on the beach for a dollar. How long did you stay in that trip? Probably about a month, maybe six weeks. Okay, then was it off to someplace else? We went to Portugal. Okay. So, so went to Portugal, almost went to uh, Morocco. Uh, didn't quite make it there, but uh, yeah, we, we kind of found some nice beaches uh, in the southern in southern Spain, uh, Malaga, if anybody's familiar with that, or um, and then went over to Portugal and spent a couple weeks there and Language barriers. How do you handle I love that? The, I love the language, um, but everybody speaks English enough right. to get it get get a well, get a, along. Right. Did you pick up some Spanish? You know, staying that long in Spain or yeah, any absolutely. Portuguese? Yeah. I'm just curious. No Portuguese, but uh, I mean, you learn enough to get by. Please and thank you. <laughs> right. The important. Yeah, I'll take things. another beer. <laughs> Where's the bathroom? <laughs> Uno más cerveza por favor. That's right. right. Okay, so I, I got that one down. See. <laughs> One of your travels obviously changed your life dramatically, and that's going to be, I don't know how many times you made this trip, but you must love Australia. I do. So it's... let's talk about And you actually, did you actually work in Australia for a little while? I did. Like, so let's talk about that. So first of all, was it a trip with your sister again? Was it another dart that said we're going to Australia this time? It's an interesting story that you bring up. I love this story uh, because one of the gears that my sister and I were traveling was through Bali. And my sister met an Australian, and she never came back to America. And mm. so I sold her house here for her in Arizona and sent her the money. And I was kind of miserable. I was working a lot. And she was just had this very, uh, very happy spirit about her. And so I just sold everything. And I thought, well, if you're not coming back, I'm not coming back. So I bought a one-way ticket to Australia to meet up with her. And uh, and she had broken up with her boyfriend at that time, so we just kind of uh, we bought a car, and we just camped up the. We drove from Sydney all the way up to the far northeast coast um, to a little town called Port Douglas, and then about listen, I love it. <laughs> um, and then about two weeks later, I met my husband. Wow! Yeah. So you're now you're um, you're not planning on coming home at this no. point. No. You've, you're you're there with your sister. Yep. You've met. Your future husband, you didn't know his future right, husband. Right, I didn't yeah, know that. But, but you, you didn't know. He's a good guy, mm-hmm. good good mate, whatever. Bloke, <laughs> yeah. Bloke, mate. Yeah. Um, and tell, how does what's next for you in Australia? Do you... Um, well, I stayed there for a year, and that's all they allow you to stay after the age of 30. So you can't stay any longer than that. So I stayed almost a year, and then he and, and I... And were you working? I was. I what would you, you do? Oh, well, it's interesting. I uh, I worked hand-in-hand uh, hand with the best pizza maker in the country. Nice. So he won three years uh, in a row, and that same year that I was there was his third year in like a row. Like Napoli style, the old school brick oven kind of stuff? It was bri- well, no, it wasn't a brick oven. Oh, Ironically, it was different. an electric oven. Okay. Um, you Yeah, but everything was handmade, and it was the way that he layered his toppings. Wow. And he does, he did have one secret, and I'm not going to share it, <laughs> because I will win every pizza contest there is. Wow. And it's, it starts with the base, I'll just tell you that. Chris Bianco's calling your name, I think, you know. I've you never gotta, had Bianco's <laughs> either, and I, I really should, but. You should. Yeah, no, that that's was, great. I love yeah, that. Okay, yeah. keep that secret, keep it close. I like that. So now you're, you know, you've got to leave the country for a certain period of time at that one-year mark? Is that what happens? Yeah, Explain we, that to me. Yep. So so you have to leave. Uh, I mean, you can overstay your visa, but then you'll be fined. 
Um, so in order to get into Australia, you do have, a t- have to have a ticket out. So I did have a ticket out to New Zealand. So uh, my future husband and I went to New Zealand, and we bought a van, and we camped out of that van for three months. <laughs> Is that the time you had to be out of the country? Was it three months? We had to be out for three months, yeah. And my sister had to leave, too. So she went to Thailand, and I think she went to Cambodia. So she was sending us these great pictures of sunshine and uh, beaches. And New Zealand is really close to Antarctica. I don't know if people know that, but there are penguins that live there. Um, it can get cold. It was cold. Yeah. So we, we made it down to the South Island. Uh, after a couple of months, I found a job. I got a visa, actually, a work visa to work there. I was recruited. And uh, I was a manager of a coffee shop for about a month. And we got, a, we got an apartment. And uh, there's only two mountain ranges in the whole world that run north and south. And one is the Rockies. And one is the Remarkables in New Zealand. Wow. So we were living in the Remarkables. And Which is, isn't that where they filmed a sort of series of movies? That yeah. Were all, yeah. Lord of it? the Rings, right? Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cool. And uh, I, I said, if there's ever snow on those mountains, we're leaving. I'm assuming it snowed. It snowed. <laughs> and we left two, two days later. I sold our car, bought plane tickets, and we were out two, two days Back later. Back to Australia. No. Oh. We met my sister in Thailand. And um, and then uh, and then we actually um, we spent a month there just waiting for Europe to warm up because they were having a really cold snap. And um, so that was in uh, March of 2006. If anybody knows, it was really cold. <laughs> and uh, we moved there in April of 2006 to work on the super yacht industry. So that's when we moved to Mallorca, Spain. Okay, and so explain what that is. It's incredible. <laughs> Super Yachts just has a cool name to it. I'm guessing these are floating palaces. They are. So okay. they are. It's a private industry. It's not like cruise ships. This is a privately owned um, mega yachts that um, uh, are, they can either be a charter boat, um, which would still be privately owned, um, or they would be privately owned with just your, your private guests. And so I worked on a private yacht. And I can share this with you because I don't think I'll be arrested by now. But uh, I did work for the owner of Victoria's Secret and his family. And it was the largest uh, super yacht in the world at the time. And it was 315 feet. Wow. Mm -hmm. So obviously that could never be shared while you were doing it. That was all very hush-hush. Yeah, we had had retina scans. We had fingerprints. We had, um, yeah, we couldn't, we had... Yeah, there was a lot of security, security. was tight. <laughs> it was really it. tight. It was really tight. Wow, that's awesome. So, you know, you're still not back in America, um, but eventually, somehow, you end up back here. And let's talk about that. So, what gets you back to the states then? Well, we went. So, I basically backpacked with my husband for about eight years, meeting up with my sister here and there. And then um, the recession hit in 2008, and we were living in Australia, and. Um, I was kind of over it, and of all times, we packed up, I think in 2012, we came back here and um, just decided to uh, get our real estate, well, I would get my real estate license, and we were ready to, if you want to call it settling down, we're settling down for a few years. I was going to say, so there's there's a chance that one day, you know, I go to find you and you're going to have a note saying I'm somewhere in the world. I, don't I know, know where I'm retiring. I'll tell you that. Do you really? Mm-hmm. And I know when it'll happen and I'm doing my recognizance for all of you. Wow. And you can come visit me. Do you give that up? I do. Where are you going to be retiring? 
Uh, it's in the Sunshine Coast of Australia. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I, it's a special place. It must be gorgeous, I'm it's, sure. It's, yeah, I've been everywhere, and I can live wherever I want, and you I'm know what? there. You have been everywhere, so I, I believe <laughs> you. When you, you haven't been to Antarctica yet. Not you? yet. Is that part of your plan someday? Is that no. the only continent you've been on? Pretty no, <laughs> no, I haven't been to South America either. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're you're a mess. You haven't been to two continents. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, let's let all right. Let's get back to real estate. I just I could sit here and talk to you for two hours just about that stuff. I think that's amazing. But so you come back here and you first get started. I think I met you pretty early in your career, right? You were just I think getting so. rolling. Yeah, we met um, here at this office where we're doing the podcast from. And you were very excited and ready to go, and you, we were looking for marketing ideas oh, to get everything right. going. Yeah. yeah, we talked about Facebook. Facebook, and, some other and, stuff. I, yeah. and I took that tip, and I did it. Excellent. So, well, that's good. And, and now you've uh, you've got three years under your belt. You're you're um, you're successful. You're you've got listings. You're selling houses. Talk about you know, was there someone? Was there a mentor? Was there somebody that helped you kind of get rolling down this path? Certainly. I mean, once I got my license, I uh, I took the 15 keys to success at the Arizona School of Real Estate. Randy Cooney, Randy right? Randy Cooney. Awesome. Good. I love Randy. Yeah, I do okay. too. Good. So he, that really sets, kind of sets the table, kind of builds a platform on a lot of those different things you had to accomplish, right? Sure. So that helped. So, and you, did you start with Russ Lyon when you first started? Who were you with when you first I started? I started with EXP Realty. That's right. And so they have some pretty incredible training too, don't they, early on? If you know how to use any technologies, <laughs> sure. But that's right. Their meetings are virtual, yeah. right? Is that their, that's and right. And I had never had a smartphone until I moved back here. I didn't think about that because it wasn't necessary where you were. No, I and barely had a phone. Gotcha, gotcha. So what? Um, how long were you with EXP? Almost a year. Okay, and then did you go straight to Russ Lyon from no, there? No, then okay. I, I, my second uh, brokerage was Luxury Private Listings. Okay. And that was to um, get into the luxury market. Right. And you found a home now, though, oh, I'm assuming. I'm done. Yeah, yeah that's... Third time's a charm. Yeah, that's an amazing operation they have there, It right? certainly is. You're out, down at the waterfront? Yep. Yeah, so um, let's talk about... You've already started volunteering. You've already started reaching out. You're, you're uh, um, actively involved in the Scottsdale chapter of the Women's Council of Realtors. How'd that happen? Who was the, who was the influence that got you to show up at that first meeting there? That's a great question, Bill. Um, I was uh, I was brought there by a lady in the industry, uh, 30 or 40 years. She may even be in the industry for 50 years. Um, but uh, I asked her what would she do differently if she was starting out, and she said she would join uh, Women's Council of Realtors. So I went to my first meeting, and um, I probably sold a house off-market uh, to the future uh, president of that chapter, I think it would have been, we would have closed within two weeks of, of me wow. going to my first meeting. So the networking paid off. So I was, I was in. You were hooked, right? I was hooked. And since then, how many people have you asked to join WCR? Oh, gosh. Um, how many people have I asked to join? Hundreds. <laughs> so, and let's go ahead and give a shout out to the Scottsdale chapter. I know they won an award last year. Can you explain what that was? Sure. We, we won mega chapters. So we started out with, I believe, I don't have the numbers offhand, but somewhere between 35 and 39 members we started out the year and we ended up with 125, I believe. And that's a national award. That was yep. nationwide, right? Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So then obviously you're a big part of the state as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you, Do you see yourself kind of working through the hierarchy? of WCR? I, I didn't see that at first, but now well, I Well, explain see, that. So are you on a, are you a committee chair? Or I am. Are you I'm, already, the, I'm president-elect 
for 2017, I guess. Well, I'm vice president for 2016. How's okay. that? <laughs> gotcha. So, and the president-elect and then president two years down the road. So you're... In 2017. Yeah, yeah, so you're you're in. So I am in for local, the, the local chapter. Yeah, I'm not I'm, into state. The state's yet. in your future, right? I'm sure it will be. All right, be. good. I like that. In the, in the podcast, most of our um, realtor guests have had, you know, 10, 15, 30 years in the business. At three, full-time, you know, for three years and already accomplishing what you've accomplished, you've had to have some some challenges, right? Let's t- talk about those. We know the EXP technology one could have been a little bit of one. That was number one I that was going to say. That was technology. <laughs> but what other challenges have there been for you? You know, especially you're a free spirit with wanderlust. I mean, you love this. And how has it been settling down, focusing, running a business? Uh, tough. Okay. <laughs> Toughest thing I've ever done. I've never had children. I imagine it's got to be similar to that, but I really correlate it to um, maybe high school or college and uh, that I'm in my uh, junior year. Okay. Um, So freshman year, I kind of got beat up a little bit and, um, you know, was thrown in the trash and just, uh, you know, it's it's brutal. And then kind of your sophomore year, um, you kind of gain a little bit of confidence and there's other there's people that are freshmen and just starting out, and I realized that I was giving guidance, which uh, I didn't realize I I knew answers. Um, and then as a junior, I realized that um, I can't do this forever because my hospitality career was 20 years, and I couldn't do that forever. And I don't know how anybody could do real estate for more than 20 years because um, it's it's tough on it's just tough. Customer service is right is uh, mentally draining and um do you do you see real estate primarily as a customer service um position i do yeah yeah i like that i mean i think that um it's all about the value you bring and and um how you how well you can take care of someone right absolutely which is what generates more business and more referrals Mm -hmm. right i love that i love that thought that's why i keep coming back to this if someone wants to be a realtor, go be a bartender for a couple of years, mm-hmm. learn that, learn those skills and come on in. Well, yeah, and you have to care. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, that's why I went straight to luxury is because if I was going to care just as much for a, you know, a hundred thousand dollar deal as a million dollar deal, why didn't I just, um, go to the top? Right. And you still, but you'll still list someone's $200,000 house. Absolutely. That's just part of the game, right? And everyone gets the same care. I love that. Let's talk about what's your favorite part of the industry? What do you just love about what you do? Gosh, I love it when I make a phone call to um, anyone, just a conversation. And uh, they they always say, I was just thinking of you. Because it's it's like you'd like to know that they're thinking of you and you're not just calling them as a prospect or just for business that, uh, you know, they're, they're thinking of you and trying to help you as well. Now, when you're being relatively new, you, you, you do have some referral based business already growing, I would think. And yeah, I'm almost a hundred percent. Really? In mm-hmm. three years. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You know, that's insane. I know. Okay. That's Systems. great. Systems. <laughs> and so, wow. D- did, were you able to, um, kind of convert or kind of, um, leverage those connections you made throughout the years you know, prior in some of those industries that, into more transactions for you here. We talked earlier before we went on the air, you and I, that, you know, you there might be people in Australia who would want to come over here and buy property in Arizona. I'm sure you've had some of those transactions. I haven't closed any of those transactions okay. yet, but uh, now I have a reason to go back to Australia and, and form relationships with those realtors. I've, I've reached out to my realtor that I used uh, when we bought our property 
in Australia, and she's just not uh, as excited to be a part of uh, that chain. So the next time I go there, um, definitely actually make it a working Build holiday. Those. Can you refer people to realtors in Australia? I can. And actually get a fee for that? Yep. Wow. So has that happened? Not yet. Ah, awesome. Good. <laughs> so you have that pipeline that's going to be there. And it's sure, ready to I have go. the idea. Good. It's Good. there. Very good. Um, we've been here almost half an hour, so I'll wrap this up. I'll ask you the same question I ask everybody at the end of the uh, uh, podcast. And it's, if you had one piece of advice that you could give someone just starting out in the business or someone stuck, just... and. Remember, I usually ask this of people with, with many, many years in the business, but, if, you know, I think you're going to have a great answer for me. What's one thing? Well, you set the bar so high. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. I think um, having a database and working the database is um, the key, the key to success. Talk, talk about how you did that a little bit. Uh, one of Randy Cooney's 15 keys to success is uh, is follow-up results, uh, basically getting a 100% referral business. And um, so I, not being tech-savvy at all, I didn't even know what an Excel spreadsheet was. I still really don't. Um, But uh, I quickly just put together, I took the time to put together everybody that I knew and um, their email addresses, and I I sent out that, that crazy introduction letter. I did what I was supposed to do, and, um, and then I just started, um, sending out, you know, 33 touches, uh, a year. And, uh, and then my phone rings and I, I mean, my phone rings. Wow. That's great. So mm-hmm. I, I love the database answer. I think I told you before, this is the 31st episode. No one's ever used the word database in that answer. Interesting. So they very rarely get duplicated. It's just amazing. So thank you for that. Um, if someone wants to reach out and get in touch with you, how would they do that? What's the best way? Oh, you can call me anytime. 480-316-4067. And do you have a website? CarlyHill.com. Carly with an I. Carly with, Carly an, with I. an I. Great. Carly, thank you so much for taking time to share those unbelievable stories. You're going to be another guest down the road. We're just going to talk about Europe and we're going to talk about Australia. <laughs> we're going to talk about Asia because I, I can't wait to hear more of those. But thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you, Bill. And everyone out there, as always, thanks for listening and thanks for letting your friends know about our show. It's how we grow. And, and if you wouldn't mind, head on over to iTunes, leave a review. That helps as well. And we'll see you next Tuesday as we do every Tuesday with another interview of an industry leader. You've been listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about The Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly.